All right, and welcome everybody to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am your host, the vet of the group, Dwight at 5172214. Joined again for another week with the young prodigy, the brains of the operation, the guardian article ghostwriter, young <laughs> SJ at SJ Basketball League. How you feeling, family? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. First week back on the grind. So, you know, it's always a weird adjustment, but I'm ready for it. Um, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing good. I had a good day at work. I had a good week at work. It was a short week for me, four days. So I'm cool. I'm cool. Had some, was very productive today. Probably going to do a little bit more work after we wrap this up. So man, it's weird having a job you don't despise doing. This is a new event for me right now. New experience, I should say. Mm. But uh, we're not going to bore y'all anymore with, with my personal life <laughs> or my work life. <laughs> we're going to jump straight into it, man. Um, we're going to start with general, move to our our favorite topic and some some other little sidebar conversations, our Dallas Mavericks. But young SJ, what has caught your eye in the last week from around the NBA? What has been interesting, what stories have popped up, what teams have played well, what players have balled out or stunk, as we like to say. What, what's something that caught your eye? Well, um, I think the big one that everyone's been talking about for a while, um, the Lakers. Um, we haven't talked, I mean, we touch on the Lakers, but we haven't like talked much about them. Mm -hmm. um, but they are 22 and 23. Um, they're one game below 500. They're the eighth seed tied with Minnesota but Minnesota I believe has a tiebreaker so far I don't know if they play again um or if they don't I think Minnesota has a tiebreaker um but yeah it's 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 funny because I'm a bronze fan everyone knows that I like Ron one of my favorite players of all time next to Dirk and I give him you know the benefit of the doubt like by this point I had assumed that the Lakers would have you know figured out some things and obviously 80s hurt like I feel like that's a piece of the kind of conversation that gets left out like yeah the Lakers stink everyone was talking about how the Lakers stink but like they're missing <laughs> Anthony Davis at the end of the day you know what I mean so I feel like that doesn't get discussed often however listen them Lakers L's man I don't know what it is. It's nothing hits like a Lakers L. Like I'm at the point. No, really, I'm at the point where it's like I'm a bronze stand, but like the, he's not winning five. Like this team is not even with AD. It's not, they're not good enough. They're not like nah, not yeah, he's not winning five. So I have pivoted right now. My focus is Bron. Just get them stats. We're chasing Kareem. We got records to catch. That's all I care about. If Bron can get his 32 in like uh, an L, then that's what I'm. That's what I'm concerned with. No, I uh, I think we've, you know, I've jokingly said they stink for like a week. The, well, a week, a week into the season and nothing has happened to happen to change my, uh, change my viewpoint on that stance. It is, you know, it's the Lakers combined with LeBron. So, it, it you know, it's going to get a lot of media attention. I'm a, it's weird because I don't, I wouldn't say I'm a LeBron stan, but I like LeBron. Um, 
but at the same time, I hate the Lakers. My Lakers hate runs so deep that how much I like Bron, I don't love him. He's not my favorite. Isn't canceling much pure unbridled enjoyment from watching the Lakers stink. And it's not just like the on the basketball court. I actually like all the Lakers players, even Westbrook. Like, you know, we, I believe I'm being packed up as we speak over a potential Westbrook trade. I wasn't serious, but some people think I am. And uh, I hope you're not because listen. <laughs> okay, we're going to get to it later, but I'm going to lightweight defend it. I'm going to lightweight defend it. I'm not serious. I wouldn't yeah. do it, but I want to give you my rationale behind it. Oh, anyway, okay. m- moving on, moving on. I like the Lakers players, but. I mean, nothing gives me as much joy as, dude, I jump in them Lakers faces after they lose. And it oh is, I, I, I'm, it's to the point to where, like, if, if those spaces happen with, like, uh, Kurt's uh, green rooms or Bibbs and, uh, Bibbs and Reese did the, do the joint on Wednesday night, like, bro, I'm not, I'm sorry. I have to revel in their misery. That shit is hilarious. They being there truly losing their shit. And, it, so and, and fighting each other. And it's just like, it's just so hilarious because. And Westbrook brother, bro. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I forgot about that. Too. Yeah, he He's really in be there in there. And I'm like, man, you know, <laughs> my brother played football for SMU. And I remember I used to be on the little message board supporting him on that. He never took the slander like my uh, Westbrook did. And I was just thinking, man, I'm a good brother. I'm defending my, I made a couple message room posts defending my brother. That man dead ass is on live internet defending his homeboy. And it's, it's hilarious defending his brother. And that's like, shout out to, to Ray Westbrook. You are a better man than most. Cause I'd be telling them people about their self. They talking bad about my brother, right or wrong. I wouldn't even do it. And it's just funny. I enjoyed, I'm here for it. Um, I will say this, if we move up as the Mavs, if they moved up to a three seed, I wouldn't, uh, I don't think the, the Lakers going to be in that play in. I'm not even finna lie to myself. I, th- I think they are too. I yeah. I had predicted, I thought they were going to get out, like maybe get, I said they were going to be at like six, like five, six right there, because it's still like, I'm still trying to give LeBron like, you know, the benefit of the doubt at the end of the day. He's in year 19, you know what I mean? And he, yes, the fit with Westbrook is funny and all that. Yeah, we heard all that. But you know what I mean? Like, you, I, I still have to give him that benefit of the doubt. But it's looking it's looking real shaky. Like, they're picking up some, like, just head-scratching losses. And I just, it's, like, they should not have lost the Pacers. And you could say, oh, well, the Warriors lost to them, you know, the day after. But, like, come on. Like, you know, you could talk about the Warriors not fouling up three and that being why, a big part of why they lost fine. But the Lakers allowed, like, a, an insane run by, by the Pacers. I think they finished the game, it was, like, 23-7 to seven or something like that. Like that's yeah. like what are you doing to like allow that? You know what I mean? And just the process stinks. Like their defense isn't all that good. And then even when AD comes back, the defense will get better. But by how much better? Because AD didn't look all that um like great on that end. Like we've seen AD look. And then the offense kind of gets worse with AD because they have to play differently. 
and you know AB is not um well he doesn't seem to want to be like a a primarily kind of like a rim roller kind of dude he wants his post like he wants to post up face up all that and the offense gets bogged down by that and the Westbrook arguably kind of gets worse um you know if his role has to get reduced even further so I don't know they have to figure it out I mean I hope they don't because it's prime content <laughs> for all those losses and you know I am at the point Bron just get your 30 get your 30 and you know we're good we're all good but it's, it's just so funny the league I mean we're kind of back now um but it's not like teams aren't filled up with like 10 days anymore um so it's, it's just interesting seeing the state of the league um kind of like the mid-pack that was in the west um it's still there you know between you know Mavs, Nuggets, Wolves, Lakers the Mavs we're kind of we're trying to at least we're trying to separate um into that kind of jazz Grizzlies tier we're not there yet you know we we'll talk about it more we lost to the Suns but um I just think the west is especially interesting like the east to me I feel like the east teams are kind of kind of at this point you know who's definitely going to be in the playoffs and who might be like playing teams but the west the mid-pack is still so interesting because as much as Paul George hasn't played the Clippers are still right there you know the Clippers are still right there I'll be their ninth seed at this point but they're still right there and then that 10th spot is just up for grabs between the trailblazers they're in it now and then you have the Kings um just first of all the Kings are so sorry bro I am so sorry. you know every time I see it, like how are you behind the trailblazers who haven't been playing game who haven't been playing like are you serious like is, is that team serious like the, they're still not in that playing spot granted they're right there but you shouldn't be just right there you should be there <laughs> like you know the, the blazers are the ones that should be um you know kind of fighting to get in but even the Spurs the Spurs could really get that spot too they're right there too and the Pelicans um so I, I don't know it's, it's I think the race for the 10th spot at the end of the season is going to be very interesting I think the top nine are pretty much solidified um so yeah I'm, I'm just intrigued to see what happens the rest of the season especially with um the Grizzlies because I made a take right now they look they're kind of they have a small cushion a one game cushion on um the jazz for that third spot and the jazz are unraveling they're like subbing each other in the media they're like the jazz are a mess right now and I made a take I or not even made a take I had a take saying that I think Ja should probably be the MVP or even if he doesn't win it like top two if the Grizzlies can get a top three seed. And I got attacked for that. I mean, that's fine. You know, I, I didn't tweet it for like, a, you know, public approval or anything. I just was making the case because when everyone was doing their season previews, when we were doing our season previews, I think we both had the Grizzlies kind of um, 10, like 9, 10, even 10, 11. Like no, everyone thought the move to get rid of, you know, Van Shunis, and the moves that they made, you know, to trade, um, did they trade up in the draft? Yeah, they traded up in the draft, all that. Everyone thought they were taking a step back. Or even when, um, was it HP? HP had them at six, and everyone thought that was so outrageous. I remember, especially Mavs fans, because HP had us at nine. But everyone thought that was so outrageous. 
and like, oh, the Grizzlies shouldn't be at six. Da, da, da. They're third right now. And then the, the counter is always, oh, well, they won um, 10 games. They went 10 and two with Aja. Please, please go back. There's two things about that. Go back and look who they beat. Just go back and look who they beat. That was the soft part of their schedule. They were beating nobody. They, they, they beat OKC by like a million points. That was the OKC that didn't have SGA, Giddy, Favors. So they were beating up OKC's B team, even though OKC in itself is already a B team. <laughs> like they were beating up OKC's B team. And it's like, to me, they were in a soft part of the schedule. And that was around the time COVID was killing the league. So they were really playing 10-day guys. I think their best win in that stretch was the Heat, and the Heat didn't even have Jimmy. I think they had Bam at the time still, if I'm not mistaken, but it was like a Heat team without Jimmy. Granted, the Heat is still very good, so I, that's why I consider it as a good win. Other than that, they were beating like nobody, bro, and you're using that stretch. Like, to me, that stretch isn't moving. And two, Ja is, is the best player on the team, regardless. Like, you're saying, oh, his numbers aren't like MVP numbers. He's, he's averaging like 25 5 and like five or 25 5 and six or seven or something like that but come on bro like he like i'm not even if you pick someone else like mb if you say he's better that's fine i'm not gonna push back on that but to push back so hard against ja especially when none of y'all none of y'all predicted his team was gonna be up in the three seed and he is the best player on that team and the, the engine most nights come on man like come on i get it if you don't have him as the favorite because he's not my favorite like right now I don't really have a favorite but to push back so hard yeah I heavily disagree I just think the narrative around MVP now is just if you don't have any help like if you it's so weird because you don't have any help and you don't have enough wins so it's like you can't be MVP because you don't have enough wins remember I remember last year that was the thing about Luca. Like, oh, he's going to put in the numbers, but he's not going to have enough wins. If you have enough wins, God forbid, if, especially if those wins come when you, like, sit out, then it's, oh, your team was winning without you. So it doesn't, like, to me, the argument is just so flip-floppy. Like, the no-help narrative, and it really kind of originated from LeBron, if we're being honest. Um, but this no-help narrative, it's just so annoying. Like, every person kind of wants to use it to kind of help prop up their like favorite player to make it seem like they're just so much better than they actually are oh they're doing this with no help you know you see it with Jokic granted he's this team is very rough <laughs> like his team is very but still you know what I mean it's like oh no help no it's so annoying I wanted to end I'm just so over that narrative so but what do you think about um just like the MVP race in general I think uh with the MVP race, it's kind of hard to call right now because it's been such a weird season. Yeah. Uh, if you put a gun to my head, I would probably pick uh, Ja. I just think, like, we, we, we got to, like, you, you've you already given context for that winning streak. Someone else, I saw someone else mention, well, they won those games without him. I'm like, yeah, that, there, there's context for that. And... I, I just, I, I probably give it to him. I don't, I think because of the media push to pit Ja against Luca, I think the bulk of our followers, the bulk of people that are going to listen to this are Mavs fans and people are super defensive of Luca. So I think they see that, let's be honest, man, 
I think this is two years in a row that the fan base and probably even national media believe that the Mavs would be in the position John the Grizzlies are right now. Yeah. And I think when people see that, A, there's just some inherent jealousy that that's involved with that. And that's where I think that energy comes from. Um, I don't understand why you got packed up, especially when it's the MVP. It's not the best player, right? Exactly. And, and I don't think, I know, I know there was some fuckery with the ESPN <laughs> Friday night. What was that? Yeah, Friday night or Saturday night. When last time we played Memphis. Oh, yeah. Where Friday. Friday, everybody picked pick Ja over Luca. That was actually hilarious considering the outcome of that game. But oh, yeah. it's just, dude, I love Ja. And I'm pretty sure the only hot take I got off was that job would be considered in the same level as Luca and Trey during the season. That's the, the entirety of this pod. I was right on that shit. I ain't been right on a lot, but I hit that one on the head. So I like Ja and I believed in Ja. He ain't better than Luca. He ain't. He's not. He's, He's not. not. He's just not. And there's just there's some positional value like Luca's big as hell as long as he tries hard there's only so he can only be so bad defensively whereas with Ja man he's just not a big dude and he can get some cool highlight blocks as much as he wants to but he, he's a slight guy he just is and I don't know I, I, but not, to, sorry to cut you up but to add um to what you were saying about like the national media and everyone getting you know upset and all that so my question is we talk all the time about how you know perks even a they're just for entertainment like they don't like know what they're watching and all that so if you kind of say that to me that seems like okay you don't value their opinion so why, why are you so, getting so upset why, why are you so about her yeah yeah, yeah. If you don't value their opinion in general why are you so upset at them saying like it's, it's just like to me like they're the media at this point it's all recency bias everything discussed in the media is recency bias like this it didn't just start this season with john luca it's been a thing <laughs> you know every single season if if someone's playing better than someone the takes are gonna get really wild and all that like to me, at some point, us as the consumers, we have to catch the game and just stop it in its tracks. Like stop, stop getting mad and the whole insecurity. Like if you know, like me, you know, we know Josh better. I mean, Josh better than Luca. Luca is better than Josh. We know this. Well, we don't have to be insecure about it just because we say probably Josh is having a better season and his team is better, or he, you know, has his team in in just a better spot. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, we're secure enough to still know that Luca's better than John. Like, you know, it's, it's just, I just think um, all the hysteria about the media, just, just stop it. Stop listening to the goddamn media. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it, it's, I get it. Folks will be lying if they didn't say they like, because uh, shit, I, I do it. I'm not going to hold you. Whenever we have a good game, I, man, I'll be drinking in positive maths content like it's like it's goddamn like injected right into my veins. Like I yeah. drink it like it's water. I love it. So I get it. But at the same time, it got to be from people whose opinion you value. Uh, like 
no matter how Charles Barkley feels about our team, is usually wrong. The one time from my memory that he was ever right was he did say we were going to win a championship back when we did after we beat Portland, which was, he was on an island by himself back then. But you throw enough shit against the wall, eventually some of it's going to stick, right? So mm -hmm. I don't really, I just don't care. And this is where I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a man in his late 30s. So I get why people your age, no disrespect, overreact, because in my opinion, y'all overreact to a lot of stuff that don't matter. But it's people in their big age, <laughs> old as me, if not older, that's still with that energy. It's like, come on, man, cut it out. Cut it out. So I don't know, man. I um, I just leave these people alone. I let these people, they can do what they want to do. They can hope what they want to hope. And and to me, what Luca is, is so solidified, even when he's bad, like his floor, fat, out of shape, chubby Luca is still a top 20, top 15 player in the league. Top 15, yeah. Yeah. And as we, you know, we got a, we finally got a, in my opinion, the first taste of the real Luca probably over this last week. Mm -hmm. Like, dog, that, that, that's, Dog, Luca playing defense and still being able to give you 40 is a fucking terrifying. Like, I, that's what, dude, it, it makes you start lying to yourself about what we can do because we've seen it. Like, you, you put him and there's maybe Braun, maybe KD, and Giannis. There's no other players that he could enter a playoff series with and you would be like, he don't got to, them dudes are definitively better. And even them three, there's some shit break. If that three is falling, hey, I like our chances. So he's just that, he's that guy. And just because you acknowledge job doesn't mean you don't feel that way. That's, I don't understand why it's such a big talking point, but it is what it is. Salute to Ja. salute to, uh, Memphis. They fans kind of been getting a little spicy, though. I've always liked John. I've always liked Memphis, but they've been jumping in my, well, not my mentions, but other people's mentions a little bit, and that's... Winning. That's what happens when you win. Like, no, really, like, when you start to win, you get, it's just like the, it's kind of like the Suns fan base, but they're, they're their case is a bit different because they still have the, that insecurity from when they were in the basement, so they yeah. just cry a lot. They can't take jokes, but, um, they, it's it's when you win you you talk shit i just ignore it you know what i mean like i have i have a lot of sons mutuals i don't know how um, but i have quite a bit and last night they were doing their victory laps they were saying this you, you just gotta ignore it because at the end of the day you know you lost you know so instead of being like you know cry babies about it or you just gotta ignore it um but i mean moving since we, we talked about luca um, I guess we could move on to the Mavs. We the last time we spoke, we were on a winning streak, were we? Um, yes. Six games, right? Yep. When yeah, you we were uh, yeah, New York. you went to the game and cursed us that night yeah, or the yes. day before, <laughs> and we lost the winning streak and then started a new one that just ended last night. Just, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, that game was. Uh, I wouldn't even say it was fun because we it was just a blowout. But um, and I was sitting with I went with the Knicks fan, and every score I was getting trash talk. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. But um, <laughs> I got to see the boys anyway. It's been a while, 
Um, and I mean, that that was whatever. I right now I'm at the especially since we've been winning so much. I'm at the point. I'm not trying to overreact to these losses because you know winning is nice, but you're still gonna lose. That blowout was a bit disappointing, but I. I understood why it happened, especially watching it live. They didn't handle, they couldn't handle the physicality of the Knicks. The Knicks loaded up the paint. They weren't making shots. It was just wasn't their night, and that's fine. But they beat the Grizzlies after, and that win. Oh my goodness, Luca Doncic, like he, it was looking spooky. Now it got really spooky because even, even when we talked during the win streak, Luca wasn't shooting well. Like even though we were winning, he was shooting like he was blind. It was it was horrible. And then New York, we lost. He did not shoot well. I think he went like eight for twenty three, like just horrible. Um, and then first half, he was just it was the misses weren't even close. He was airballing. He was turning over. I was like, wow, he's done. <laughs> it was like he's really done. And then that second half. He, like, missed, what, like, one shot the whole second half or two shots the whole second half? Like, he was a monster. And he showed, like, hey, you know, there's levels to, you know, me and John. <laughs> Granted, I will say the Grizzlies were on the back-to-back, and they probably, you know, not probably, they definitely ran out of gas. However, I'm taking all the wins, and Luca looked damn good, damn good. And I was happy. I thought, okay, he turned a corner, and I think we played OKC next. And then he didn't shoot well um, again. I think, yeah, he's, did he sit out or am I crazy? He sat out, did he sit out one of these games and we still won or am I crazy? Yeah, you crazy. He, he's playing. Okay. Yeah, he, he, he played all the night. Yeah, I don't know why. Well. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of when he came back and then sat out that Houston game. That's what I'm thinking about. Oh, but yeah. no, yeah. No, he played, I think it was OKC first. And we um he didn't shoot well. And I was like, okay, I guess the Memphis game. I was I was fine with that. So I'm like, okay, but you know, he showed out on TV against a guy that people were saying were better than him. So I was cool with that. But the OKC game, it was different because he was playing defense like a madman. Like he, especially on Baisley, they put him on Baisley. And usually when we, we talk about this on the pod too, when you know Luca obviously goes on the kind of non-shooters. Um, or the guys that, um, you know, are not really great offensive options. And they usually, like, back, especially early season, they would have career games <laughs> because, you know, Luca wasn't guarding him. Oh, my goodness. Baisley was in hell. Anytime Baisley got the ball, I don't know what he did to Luca, but Luca was locked in. And granted, Baisley's just not good. Um, but he was locked in. And he only played, I remember the 40-game mark, um, Dana, I think that's how you pronounce it, but he was like, yeah, I like the matchup with um, Porzingis, so we're going to start Baisley. Baisley played like 18 minutes. <laughs> that was it. Baisley did not play much because he was just so bad. But that game was a, an okay game. We didn't shoot well overall. And then we went to, I don't, Magic. We played the Magic. I no, no, no. We, uh, we played the Magic the game before. The game before OKC? Yeah, the game before OKC. Yeah, I yeah, my memory. But yeah, they those are good games. That game was trippy too. Um, it was. We had Luke and Wagner again. Oh, that was funny. Olympics beef. That came back. Dude, that game was dude, so long and annoying. I have a theory. Like I think Luca got hands. I really do. I just feel like he has to have hands because he talks too much shit. Somebody has stolen him, and because he's still talking. They didn't whoop his ass because there's no way any man that talks like that 
has to fight. He has to have fight. And he George, wants to. Be- Trey Young and BB be talking, and I don't think Trey Young can fight anybody. <laughs> yeah. Trae Young talking crazy. I, I, well, I, I'm gonna be honest. I, I didn't know Trey be talking spicy like that. Yeah, they said Trey one of the, the, the notorious. I think Draymond was the one that said Trey don't stop talking. <laughs> like, well, no, I'm, not, I'm talking about like my whole thing is Luca is aggressive in the sh- pushing and shoving. I don't. I can't. Th- I, I can't think. And he be talking. I can't picture. Like Trey might be talking while he's walking away. Luca is literally going to the action. I'm just like somebody in Europe, when ain't no cameras around, had to have fired on you. <laughs> That's just my theory. No, you know, especially because he's good. You know how it be. This this dude busting your ass ain't talking crazy. You just get frustrated. It's a it's an emotional game, and he still be talking spicy. But I don't know. I could be wrong. But I don't know. I- just whenever things get chippy, I never seen him put them hands up. The only time yeah. I saw him like really like actually try to fight was the Marcus Morris situation, the final elimination game in the bubble. And Marcus like slapped him across the head and got up trying to like run at him. That was the only time, but other than that, like it's just face to face stuff. I don't ever see him like actually get ready. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like even when um Chris pushed him that time, he got up, he didn't get up like trying to like you know what I mean? He got up just to kind of say, "Hey, what's up?" Him off of him, I yeah. yeah, but um, I mean that game was entertaining from the fact that we were winning. Granted, it was super long because the refs were just crazy. But one thing I want to talk about, um, not to just go game by game, but there's a you know we talked about Miles Turner last time, um, on the pod talk, and we were we were ahead of the curve because we were saying how <laughs> we were not fans. Of, of you know getting him in a trade and now it's reported that he's you know he has a stress fracture I think it is in his foot so we don't know what's going on with him um definitely do not want to trade for another injury um another big man especially that has an injury so we'll stay away from that but um I want to talk about Tim because Tim it's 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 getting so hard because even last night, like, he was bricking them shots in the clutch. And, you know, we all know he can't defend all that. But he still provides some sort of value. Like, he hits them drop-busting threes. Like, we could be in a little slump, and then it's like, who who's the first person to score after the slump? It's usually always Tim, you know, hitting some kind of weird shot. So he still has some sort of value. But it's just, it's getting hard because we saw what the team could be without him. You know what I mean? So we don't need him. We don't really need him. I'm looking right now, to me, it's hard because this is all in theory. And, you know, it's all, it's widely reported that no one wants him. But the best course of action we could do right now is to dump Tim. You know, just dump Tim. Dump him. Whoever wants him, you know, just dump him. We could dump him for nothing at this point just to get off his money. Because I feel like it could be an addition by, like, subtraction kind of situation where his production can be made up by like guys like Sterling Brown, you know, or, or um, like Frank, Josh Green. Um, just, just you know, divide up those minutes. <laughs> divide to Reggie Bullock, Reggie Bullock. Like, I just think like you can, you know, get what he's giving you. You can make that up by committee and you can get some money relief to keep both, you know, Finney Smith and Brunson because that has been a hot topic, like, 
oh, can they keep both Dorian Finney-Smith and Brunson, or are they going to trade one um, of them ahead of the deadline to, you know, to risk not losing them for nothing, all that. So we'll see what the Mavericks um, essentially do, because that's still an issue. If they both make it past the deadline, um, you can assume from there that, okay, that the plan is to either keep both of them or one of them is walking for nothing because I just find it hard to do a sign and trade with those two guys like sign and trades are very hard especially when it's not like kind of like names you know what I mean so who's signing and trading for Dorian Finney Smith no one's doing that especially when his market is predicted to be like the MLE no one's signing and trading for him Brunson might be a little different since he could get 20 million um but still, you know what I mean? The only sign and trade route scenario I see there is, is um, New York. Um, but I just, it's it's tough. I want both of them to stay. And people are saying, oh, you're going to like, get locked into the roster. No, I don't want to be locked into the roster. But why do we have to trade the better players of the core to keep the, the bad ones? Like, I get no one wants the bad ones, but it's like, damn, we really got to trade Brunson or Tim Hardaway or um, Dorothy Smith or Tim Hardaway Jr. And Powell is still here, you know, taking up a lot of money too. And I mean, I think Powell, he he can stay until the offseason. We can talk about him, <laughs> you know, like moving his money. But Tim, Tim, to me, Tim is the, the number one person that just has to go. Um, what do you think about, about like the roster portion? You know what? I said we were going to wrap this up quick and I, I'm trying to stop ranting, even though they typically, y'all like to listen to me get upset, apparently, because whenever I literally time my rant, sometimes I talk for six minutes straight passionately about something. And those are, and you do too, and those are the most listened to episodes. So apparently that's a thing. So I'm just going to say it right now. The insinuation, the statement that re-signing Tim and Jalen, I'm sorry, Dorian and Jalen, means we're locked into this roster. Some of the dumbest shit that I read on a consistent basis. And it's smart people that say it. Dog, uh, Maxie's an expiring contract next year. Someone will take Maxie. Like, no, he's I a, want him gone. He's not stamped. Yeah, That's one thing so, I want to say. Maxie's not stamped around these parts. Yeah, Max, someone will take Maxie. Low-key, someone will take Dwight. Mm-hmm. Play, you don't take mediocre role players with multiple deer when they're uh, they got multiple years left on their deals. Like, that's negative value. But when they decent players and they only got one year, yeah, somebody gonna take that. They'll take them for free. They, no problems. I actually think if you traded Maxie this year, someone would give you an asset. Someone would give you an asset. They'd give you a second round pick. They'd give you a decent young player. Like, I don't like, well, not a young player that's proven anything, but like somebody that may have had, might have been a a first round draft pick that ain't did shit a couple years ago. Like, those dudes have value. Um, Who else? We we have $23 million in expiring contracts starting next season. So, it's literally impossible to be locked into this roster. And to me, the fucking thing that's pretty obvious, I started talking about it last year, uh, last night. Dog, Chris Porzingis only got two years left on his deal. This roster is going to change dramatically 
independent of what happens with Jalen and Tell. And I've seen a lot of, oh my God, if you pay Jalen Brunson $20 million a year, what what are you're locking your roster into mediocrity? Uh, my man that hosts the hoop spaces was like, if you give Jalen Brunson $18 million in two years, Luca is gonna ass out. I'm gonna be honest, I left the space because I was like, that's I, I just was like, man, I I'm I'm it was so absurd to me. I didn't want to continue to have that conversation, especially when the alternative is you trade Jalen Brunson for a first round draft pick that isn't even going to convey. I've looked it up. I've done the work. There are no teams in the top five in the standings. Fuck the top six in the standings of either conference that have any first round picks that can convey in the next two years, except for Memphis and Philly. Dog, Memphis got Ja. They're not about to trade for a penny free agent. They so we, we they got Ja. They're not gonna pay Jalen Brunson. And then when you look at Philly, like dog, you know Doc Rivers, I'm not Rivers, Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey, I'm sure, would take Jalen, but he's not gonna give you shit of value and have to pay him. They got one of the highest payrolls in the league already. Yeah. I guess theoretically, if they don't uh uh if they dump Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris's contract, but salary's got a match. So they gonna, that, yeah, they're gonna take they, they're gonna take money back. So, like to me, trading Jalen and or Dorian for first round draft picks that aren't even gonna convey for another two years, dog. That's and you we don't have the cap space to re-sign them to replenish them. Mm-hmm. So, dog, to me, that's by far the more <laughs> that path to Luca leaving. Consider another thing is, I feel like no one acknowledges this. Dog, Jalen and, and Luca are tight. Fuck basketball, they're tight. I heard Mark Stein. He answered my question directly. He said Jalen Brunson is more important in the locker room than he is on the court. The motherfucker is our second best player. And if he's more important in the locker room than on the court, he's not going anywhere. We need to stop being worried about him going to Detroit. Or the New York. New York is, is where the Knicks fans are convinced they already have him. Well, um, the Knicks mutual, they're just waiting. Well, that, 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 that relationship is real as hell. Like, no, Leon, like that's, I think he's going to play, as, if Leon Rose is in New York, I think that could be a thing. Yeah, Brunson's um, dad was there last week. Um, yeah, like, like that's a thing. That is something we need to keep our eye out on. But shit, man, Mitchell Robinson unrestricted. Boom, double sign the trade. Sign me up. That's what I'm saying. Sign like, what? Are, yeah, they they don't have they don't have space. So shit, if they want to give us Kemba, the last year of Kemba, and fucking Nerlens, well, it ain't gonna be Nerlens. Not Nerlens. Like, I don't want him either. He's cooked. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying if they going they they gonna have to give us something. They can't just come take Jalen. And mm-hmm. there's not that much cap space. And I've heard the argument, well, teams can create cap space. No, you can't general you can shift cap space from one team to the next, but there's literally such a small amount. If you're gonna give Jalen $20 million, there's no teams that really he's a fit that makes sense that that's a thing. Now things can change. I get it. But we're going to have that information here in what, shit, 20 days, 19 mm-hmm. days. So to me, I just, that narrative is, is just absurd to me. And yeah, this is something else I say. I, I've, and I hate, this is going to sound nerdy as shit, but 
whenever people say stuff like, if you pay Jalen Brunson $20 million or you play Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, what is it, $11 million a year, that's $30 million combined. Because I, I have a problem with being right, what I always go do is I go log on and I take a championship team and I pull up their cap space or I pull up their roster when they won a championship and I look at players that made the, had the contracts of the players when they won that mm-hmm. championship. And every time I go through this, every time I do this, this exercise, I always find players that take up the appropriate percent of money that Jalen and Dorian are projected to make. And let me also be clear, that whole uh, Jalen going to make $20 million, like to me, the fact that that report came out, is that what he's asked for? Kind of, because you know how that works, SJ. Um, uh, how many... How many times do a penny free agent that report comes out, they're going to ask for X amount of dollars and they actually get it? You know? Honestly, it, it, it depends. It depends on who because it's funny because I was saying, oh, Jalen, I'm not, you know, moving off of him, you know, going over like 15, 16. No, I mean, that has changed. I could say I can somewhat give him that 20, especially for what he brings to the table. But um, honestly, I see it being somewhat accurate in this case because, like, I just can't see Jalen twisting arms for, like, 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, let, let me be clear. I think Jalen's getting, like, 18. 17 mm-hmm. to 18, it'll be right there. Maybe they do some funny business on the back end with the fifth. Uh, we, yeah. Because we can give him a fifth year and, like, make, five million or however much non-guaranteed and give it an early guarantee dates to where through the first four years his cap number is low but he's still guaranteed a whole bunch because of that unguaranteed fifth year mm-hmm. um he can he's basically guaranteed that money on the back end and then he can enter free agency with that money in his pocket again if he wants i could see us doing something like that with with actually both of them him and dorian just to make sure they don't go anywhere and keep cap space flexible. But the point I'm trying to make is like, you look at just last year, John Collins wanted the max. He got a whole lot of money, but he didn't get the max. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the whole Dennis Schroeder saga, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. As the reporting is coming out around Jalen and Dorian, it's like, dog, those dudes are going to be retainable and it's not going to blow up the cap. And, I've also seen, well, you see what happened with Tim that could happen to Jalen. I'm like, dog, Jalen's still on his rookie contract. He's, what, four, almost five years younger than than Tim? Yeah. Like, Jalen has got better literally every year he's been in the league. I don't think he's going to just magically fall off, barring catastrophic injury. I mean, the way his game well, is, I don't see that being a thing anyway. Plus, he's produced under two systems now. Like, even the Carlisle system, like, it was, you know, I would say rough, but it was, like, a uh, mixed bag the first two years. But his um, third year, he clearly took a step, you know, under the Carlisle system. And then kids' system, he clearly took another step playing well. Tim, that wasn't the case. Tim was not great in like, you know, Atlanta, New York, all those places. He got to the Mavs on the car system, he was great. And now on the kid, he's back to not being great. So the obvious conclusion there is that Tim's a system guy. 
Brunson doesn't Brunson doesn't check to to you know he doesn't check out like that. And you know with Tim, like you were saying just now, they were flexible with um how they you know kind of did his contract like this 21 million hurts right now but like that's a you know descaling contract you know they were kind of creative um with how they did it so mm-hmm. and you, you gotta know, think to, to add to that the cap is going up while his contract yeah. is going down exactly. so like the amount of money how bad the, of a contract it comes exponentially worse as the time progresses so i i think he's still a negative value contract right now yeah. but somebody will take him i think so too we'll just have to see what they they're planning to do at the deadline because if we stay hot you know they might just say hey let's you know write it out try to make an addition or two but you know who i'm interested in who, who, do you, who are you interested in man who, who do you want he's cooked he's cooked don't get me wrong but like paul Millsap. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't be, you know, mad at that because one, he's a small ball five option, and we really don't have like a great. I mean, we have Maxi, but we don't really have a great one on the roster. Um, so I would like to see if he's cooked. Don't get me wrong, but he's still he's still a veteran guy. He still knows how to play. You know, he's still a high IQ player at the end of the day. So I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that. Granted, we I don't remember what he signed for. I don't remember his contract situation. Um, so I don't know if we'd have to give up anything like legit. But if they could swing it, I I wouldn't be mad at it. Honestly, like something small like that. You know what? I think he's cooked. I would take I him. I would take him over, not doing anything, because I think. I, I, we to to I hate this terminology, but we to quote my brother Bibbs, we need we need a center with some ass. We need a center that can not get dominated physically by Bismack Biombo. Like we that's that's a need. Uh, uh that's it just is. It we don't have to invest heavy assets in it. We don't have to, you know pay that dude $20 million, but we do need that as an option. And it can't be, it can't be Boban because he just can't move his feet. So I already got my vision. I got, in my opinion, if they do these things and there is reporting around it, that this is a thing to say, just me, I didn't come up with this shit out of the air. Dog, if, if the Clippers trade uh, Serge Ibaka, and take no money back, they, that's $40 million of real money. And he's a free agent. So if you want to go back, shit, he can go back. You know, it's like, they're not, yeah. they're not going to do shit this year, right? So if he want to go back next year, he can go back and he can come play with Dallas for the stretch run and in the playoffs. And he then, another cooked one too, by taking two at this point, just whatever. I mean, Serge, I, dog, I hate to admit this. I hate to admit this, but I dead ass have watched like the last 10 Clippers games that he's played in on uh, League Pass, the little uh, home offensive plays. or Like I've been I've been doing my scout notes just to check out how <laughs> cooked he is. He's cooked. Yeah. But, for 50, but for 15 minutes a game and something that I think we need on the roster period that Serge A can actually still play a little bit, 
but B, we need somebody that's actually won something that ain't a coach. Like yeah. we need somebody that is not a coach that has actually won something that can talk to them boys in the locker room. And Serge is pretty much respect around the league. So give me Serge for the TPE that I've looked it up. It works out. And then- Oh yeah, someone it, suggested that too. Um, yeah. it, I just think it, I think it makes sense in low key. You probably could get, you could get a little tip from them for that because you're saving them forty million dollars cash. Look, I know old buddy is rich as hell, but they're not winning shit. So it's literally just a free forty million dollars. Like they'll give you a second round pick to save them forty million. I think it depends on Paul George. We gotta watch for what happens with um Paul George. Yeah, the, um, the little report I read is that he's closer to not coming back at all this season and playing. That's the only reason. Yeah, I saw that because they, yeah, they delayed his thing again. I think it depends. Yeah, I think if he's still not responding like well, if his elbow is still not responding well to rest, I think they'll move off some pieces because I don't think they want to just you know, completely settle, especially when he's, if he can come back and then Kawhi can come back. But if he's not doing well, yeah, I think um, I think we, we should watch out. There's just so much. I mean, it just feels like nothing's gonna happen but like even with Daryl Morey he, um, he went on the radio I think it was yesterday to talk yeah. and he said he even said he um he expects like a lot of movement um, yeah. so I'm just I'm waiting for it like I feel like nothing happened yet we had that one three team weird trade um but I'm waiting for the one heavy hit like <laughs> I'm waiting for it that's gonna like the one that just starts like the domino effect that's yeah. what I'm waiting for I think uh I think what's going on with it is everybody's waiting for that Ben Simmons and the the after the after effect of that. Yeah, I so, think even traded by the deadline. I really don't. I, I, I didn't think that, but I don't think that man went on a, a public radio show and said that shit for no good reason. Like, because the thing is, Philly fans are already a tough crowd. You can't get their hopes up like that and then not do shit. They're going to do something and just being draft night. I see being a draft night thing. I think, we're from a resource management standpoint, dog, you can't let Joe a season of Joel and be like he's not giving you anything if he's not. But playing. here's the thing Joel is, is, is happy. No, okay, I shouldn't say happy, but Joel is fine with this approach. He is publicly backed Maury's approach of the waiting and being patient because Joel. To me, I won't say more brainwashed him because that's a grown ass man, but they're on the same wavelength of I want to play with another star. You know what I mean? Like stars win um, titles, and I want to play with another star type thing. So he's fine with waiting for more to get another star for him to play with. Um, and he, he has said that. So I don't think, I think it'd be different if, um, if like Joel was kind of getting antsy. I think that will put pressure on Maury, but if Joel's not turning up the heat, I really don't see him rushing unless the Kings deal, unless, I mean, I found it interesting. I don't know if he was trolling or not, but I found it interesting that he singled out the Kings, like saying, oh, there's deals with Sacramento that work. I mean, that's a leverage move. If he wasn't trolling, that's a leverage move because why are you singling out the Kings? There's a deal that you want that they're probably saying no to that you're trying to um, leverage. So um, I think if he does, if he goes at the deadline, it's the Sacramento. I think there's really something there because 
said the Aaron Fox smoke is crazy, even though they said, oh, you want to build around Fox, the smoke there is crazy. So if he goes at the deadline, I think it's to Sacramento. But if not, if it's a draft night thing, then ooh, I don't really know. Yeah, I, 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 I just think he's going, man. I think he's going. I don't know where he's going to go, but I think he's traded by the deadline. I, I, I mean, I, I know, I know, Maury and and uh, you know Joe might be cool with that, but I, mm-hmm. I just you can't waste the season. He's not giving you anything. And like to me, that Sacramento deal that I've seen theorized. You know, if you get Halliburton, Harrison Barnes, and like three first round picks from the Kings, the fucking Kings, <laughs> even if it's just two, bit, bit, bro, you yeah. better take that shit and run. If it's Fox and Harrison Barnes, and you get off the Tob- Tobias Harris contract, like, fam, you ain't like, dog, <laughs> at some point, that's just negligence because. Halliburton or Fox, I think, would flourish in uh, Philly. In Philly, and then yeah. when you, if you're bringing in uh, Tobias to re- Harrison Barnes to replace Tobias, shit, he might just be better. So far this year, they've both fallen off a little bit. I, I know yeah. Tobias got the shoulder thing, but and then you get picks from the kings man kings picks is gold because you know they've stunk for 20 they've stunk for 20 years there's a track record that they're going to continue to stink so bro you got a championship contender and multiple lottery picks in addition to philly got all their own picks they picks have reloaded bro you gotta so you don't so even if darren fox ain't what you uh, the caliber of star that you think he is, like, bro, you can go, you can use them extra. Dri- it, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, you could use. It's still giving you uh, some time to see if De'Aaron Fox and Joe and Harrison Barnes and the rest of the crew is a championship team. And it's like, okay, we tried this for a couple years, it didn't work, or a year and a half. Shit, we got all this draft. We're gonna turn De- dog De'Aaron Fox and three or four first round picks. Hey man, it's, it's niggas that don't even want to be traded. It's super. It's all NBA players that don't even want to be traded. That that would get that would get you that something. Like that would get you a top 20, 25 player in the league, like all day. So they, he better make that trade. He 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 need to quit bullshitting the NBA community as a whole because I think everything gonna fall in place after that. Um, but I, I will say I do think Dragic gonna show up. So. Uh, who do you think, like, say my plan worked out, we got, because I think Moses Brown is out of there if we got Surge. Who do you think would be out of there if we got both? Who would be the oh, second Trey. Trey, You awesome. think Trey? You think Trey? Because Trey, I, I just don't like Trey's minutes. I mean, like, I really, like, he had some good minutes, like, you know, especially doing, like, early season. Had some good minutes, but since then, he ain't done shit, bro. He came yeah. in he had to come in when, you know, Brunson got a little banged up and I think Luca got a little banged up and he had to come in. I forgot which game it was. And he just did nothing. Um, He hit like one three and I think it was against the Magic. And it's just, I'm, he's not playing. He's not really, granted, he's a, I guess, like to have in spot minutes, that's fine. But like, you got Frank, you know, you've made a decision that you're playing Josh Green over, you know, Frank, rightfully so. And that's fine. But like, I, at this point, Trey Burke, 
he's on his way out of the loop again. You know what I mean? Like he's he's on his way out. So why are you delaying? You know, especially if you can get like a like I think Dragage could definitely be more useful than Dreamberg, a hundred percent. Because even if Dragage is not that offensive guy he was, you know, even a year ago, he is running an offense better than Burke. He, he just is. He's running your offense better than Trey Burke, and that second unit needs to do. With Jalen starting, yeah, Josh Green at point at backup point guard. That's cute, but Josh Green some of some of these games aren't good matchups for him. Like he played seven minutes um, against the Raptors when we beat the Raptors. He played seven minutes, and I that was a good move because he he looked a little rough, you know. Like obviously he's he's not he's been playing well, but he's not gonna be like great in every game so you need especially if you're committing I, I don't think they have been but if you're you know going to play him in some spot point guard minutes I just think it's the second unit needs a little more juice in terms of um, who's running it because sometimes I'm seeing I'm seeing Tim initiate offense way too much it's happening way too much because they try to stagger the minutes with Brunson is playing with the second unit a lot too if they trap Brunson, um, Brunson's not really, really, you know, great at reading traps and all that. If you're trapping Brunson, Brunson has been seeing a bit more traps lately. Who else? Who in that second unit? I don't want Reggie Bullock dribbling the ball. I don't want Tim initiating action. You know what I mean? I don't want Finney Smith. I don't want any of those guys doing any of that. So it's like we 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 definitely need somebody else for um with Jogic. Yeah, he <laughs> before I was like, if they're not gonna play Frank, and granted, I don't think. Frank is a traditional point guard anyway. Um, I think Dragic definitely would have more use on the roster than Trey Burke, 100%. Yeah, and not to get too nerdy about, um, like, cap space stuff, the uh, Oklahoma City is still under the salary floor. And mm-hmm. they... It could so, take him for a second. That's exactly. So... Uh, they're taking somebody because they got to spend that money no matter what. Like I looked it up. Apparently that money goes to players that have played for Oklahoma city, no matter what, like the team just don't hold on to that money. So what's, what's funny though, is uh, I'm sure the players are sitting there like dog. I hope they don't trade for nobody because that's just free money. They would get in addition to their contracts already. But, but they're going to take somebody. Somebody will need to get off money and they'll be able to collect a second round pick for some players. So, man, and the other part of it is you could, we still have all our cash to facilitate a trade. So, like, I think Trey Burke's contract next year is three and a half million dollars. Shit, we could give him five. So, not only just to facilitate, you might not even need to give him a pick, actually. They might just be, I mean, it's still a business. They basically making shit a million and a half dollars or $2 million just to facilitate that. And then from a Maverick standpoint, that's money you would have had to give to Trey Burke. So it's a win-win for all parties involved. I I think that low-key, that might happen anyway, independent of Dragic or Serge Ibaka or anyone else I, I could easily see that and if you see something like that take place know that they don't think Jalen or Dorian is going anywhere I don't think they're going anywhere either way but I think that will uh, I think that will happen first is Toronto has to buy all the jobs first <laughs> if, if, 
like because you know we're not gonna get any trade and i mean i think with the way things are going, granted, Toronto isn't doing it, but I'd give up ten percent just to get off that contract. I would do Toronto wouldn't do that, but like, no, you know, I, don't. I, I think I hate to say this. I think Tim, dog, Luca can't be traded, and Tim will not be traded. I think Tim Hardaway and Luca are players I will guarantee will be on this team through the trade deadline. I'd, I'd bet a lot of money. Um, I just don't. I think our best hope for Tim is that he gets it together in this back part of the season. Because if he don't, I hope he enjoyed his time in Texas. Because you cannot, you. I mean, he just don't fit. I'd rather play, I'd rather play Josh Green. I'd rather play the sniper because, like, the sniper does a lot of cardio, but he plays. He don't hurt you. He don't turn the ball over. He grabs little rebounds. He plays solid defense. He's not. And he still teams still react to him like he can shoot the blood out the ball, like exactly. even if he ain't making it, even if he ain't shooting it, they still react like he does. And Tim, when he, his shots ain't going in, he's catastrophic. He's mm-hmm. he's just hurting the team. So um, I do want to get one little quick segment that I'm gonna spring on you. Uh, we at the halfway point of the season, right? So I want to go real quick. How do you think our Dallas Mavericks are going to finish? Or you can even, I'll even say it. How do you think the top five in the West and the top five in the East will shake out? I'm only throwing five because I think the Mavs are going to finish in five. So that's why I'm doing that. You can go, you want me to go first or you want to go first? Uh, you can go first. Okay. So for the West, number one seed in the West, I don't think there's any way anybody catches Phoenix. They're well oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, barring catastrophic injury, they still actually got some ammunition to get a little bit better. Uh-huh. I yeah, think okay. Smith. Yep, I think the, I think there's teams that uh well if dudes get bought out, shit, Dragic might take his ass there. I don't know. Um, I just think they're gonna be number one. They just the best they're the best team in the NBA through the regular season yeah. so far. I don't think that's a debate. Number two. This is going to be uh, maybe controversial. I, I don't know. I think Memphis ends up at that number two seed. I really, really do. Um, this is all dependent upon contract contracts. Injuries not happening. But they are they play well together, and they don't have any injuries that I think are going to linger. Um, mm. And I think that this, this little role is going to keep going. Um, I'm, I'm gonna keep my eye on them because they got Bane and a couple other dudes, and Brooks ain't back yet, so they could fall off the map. But I'm going to predict them not to because they're so damn deep. That's the advantage of having a deep team that you can keep the party rolling. Um, number three, I'm going to go with Golden State because mm-hmm. I, to me, I think it really needs to like do Steph's lightweight Ben. I won't say ass. But he hasn't been the Steph Curry we've come to know and love for the last 20 games. Um, he's had a nice, he heated up a little bit the three games before last night. But obviously, we saw what happened last night. And I don't know when Draymond's playing again. And I'm just telling you, as somebody that's in their late 30s who used to hoop a little bit, dog, backs and knees, it, it just, 
I don't know if you heard about the details of that injury. That's not like a muscle. They said that man's back nerves, yeah. Nerves like dog. That there's no, you know, that this is not something you can rest up and heal and be good to go. That's something that could always pop up. And dog, mm-hmm. if he can't play, they, they there's not even my opinion. If he can't, if he doesn't play, they're five hundred basketball team. That's Full stop. Last two years. If he don't play, they're a 500 basketball team. And I know Clay wasn't there, but I, I just see them falling to third. Now, if he's not the Draymond we know and love, they in trouble. They in a lot of trouble. And then fourth is the Jazz. Man, I think it's going to be implosion time here pretty soon for the Jazz. Uh, I watched them get packed up by Houston the other night. You know, they, they beefing with each other. They've been able to get away with it because they've always played well. And yeah. I think everything comes to a head. That's a marriage that ain't going to work long-term. And, dog, they paying the luxury tax in Utah. And I know their owner has a whole lot of money, but they're not going to keep them boys together. And I, I think the slide is going to continue because you can't really – them dudes don't play defense around Gobert. He tired of it. Yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna magically fix that, and they they don't pass him the ball. I think I think our boy Bibbs be going a little overboard, but well, let me no, let me take it back. I thought our boy Bibbs was going overboard, but then I really sit and watch. I'm like, hey man, they really don't pass him the ball as much it's as they should. Trusted. They're just not trusted. Yeah, yeah, and I know he doesn't have a good post game, but like y'all, they treat him like he KP. He can't score over Chris Paul. Like, dog, he's, I've seen him dunk over our big man. I, I know he ain't that bad. So I, I think that's going to cause problems. And then I think, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I think our Dallas Mavericks come in at that fifth seed. It wouldn't shock me if we moved up to third or fourth. It, it wouldn't blow me away because we, we cooking. But I just think that lead and we, that lead those other teams got, it's hard to close a four and five game gap unless, unless teams just fall apart. Um, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jazz. I think we only uh, four back in the loss column, so it wouldn't blow. Four and a half. Oh, three and a half actually. Yeah, so it wouldn't. It wouldn't totally shock me if we caught the Jazz, but I think because injuries can always happen. But it, we just shit injuries happen to us too. So I think we finish at fifth. I think we play the Jazz, and I think we beat them. And then I think we get packed up expeditiously by the Suns. <laughs> That's yeah, my that's, prediction. Um, I think our predictions are pretty much the same. For I mean, I would, I was definitely like, uh, maybe two months ago. Two months ago, I had said I think we'd meet the Clippers, you know, in that seven-eight matchup. Um, that's de- definitely not true. That's not gonna happen. We're not, we're not following the plan. I, you know, I, I said that thinking that the Lakers were gonna, you know, get it together and we, you know, still be kind of wavering but um yeah no I have us um I'll start from bottom up um I have us at fifth at five two um just because like you said it's hard to close gaps um especially when I just I like our defense on all that I just I, I still don't trust the offense I know people have been saying oh just wait till you know Luca starts shooting you know more efficiently and we'll go up it's I think I think it's just more than that um you know we can get into this another time but I think it's more than that I don't trust their offense like that um so I'll keep us at at five I think the Jazz will definitely be at four they're definitely on a downward kind of spiral now 
um and you know Mitchell's out you know some guys are you know in and out the lineup for them now and they're beefing it's just it's just crazy so I think they kind of stabilize at four I have it this one is tough because I it it depends two and three are so interchangeable to me between Golden State and Memphis because if Draymond is out for an extended period of time. I have Golden State at three. But if he comes back, you know, relatively quickly and he's fine, I have the Golden State, um, you know, back at two, um, especially when Clay gets his rhythm because he's still very rusty. Um, but for right now, I'll put Golden State at three, have Memphis at two, and yeah, Phoenix is, they're, they're just great. <laughs> like, just a great well, just, I'm going to say yeah, oh, um, they're taking over the Jazz's spot. You know, remember how the Jazz was like a well-oiled machine, especially last year. I think that um, Phoenix is that that team now. Um, quickly for the East, for me, honestly, the top five. I think the top five. Um, I think my Cavs stay at six, and I think the top five that are here now. Um, I think Philly stays at five. Um, I think. Um, Brooklyn is going to slip to four with KD out an extended period of time, Kyrie kind of in and out. I think Brooklyn might slip to four. I see Milwaukee going up to three. Um, and I don't have Milwaukee higher. I, I, I would say I don't have Milwaukee higher because um, just actually, I'm lying. I have the Bulls at three and Milwaukee at two. I would put Milwaukee at one, but they are they just don't have the focus I thought they would have. Especially against mediocre teams. They're just so bad against like mid teams and they only get up for the contenders. So they're they're a little lack of focus, but I still think they end up um, around two. Um I have Chicago at three and then I have the Heat. I kinda see the Heat um, taking the one seat, honestly. They're just this is so good. And you know, Spo. Spo has done a phenomenal job. And no matter who's playing, like they're just so good. And I, I think the injury bug, I think they're getting over it slowly. And by the time they're healthy, they're, they're just gonna be going through teams um in the regular season. So I have, yeah, so the Heat, Milwaukee, Chicago, Brooklyn, and Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh I in the fifth seed. Man, I, I think the Bulls are going to end up falling to that fifth seed. Oh, fall. I, I, the Bulls are the definitely the shakiest one in the five, um, yeah. especially since I, I forgot about Lonzo. I forgot Lonzo. Yeah, yeah drop. Yeah, I, I'm dropping them up below Brooklyn. So I'll put them up. Yeah. I forgot about Lonzo. Yeah, I'll put them up four. And I, and I also want to get this takeoff. Um, yeah, dog, I, I, in my opinion, I think it's kind of bothering me. And it's not just because of my hot take at the quarter pole, but like, hey man, like, why is Demar Derozan the MVP candidate and Zach ain't? Like, what what is Demar doing outside of be a more a better narrative? Like, I, I just I don't know. I know he hit the buzzer beaters. It's not even just the buzzer beaters. He's the go-to guy in the fourth. Like, it's 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 Derozan. Like, it's been him pretty much all season. Like, they both close, but. He died, and I don't know how much it is just doing ball hogging, <laughs> like really. But the, he is the. I think that's what gives him the edge over Zach. The fact that 
one, he scores a bit more points, and two, he's the guy they put the ball in his hands. He scores play. like one. That's one, what I'm saying. A point. That matters. Singular that matters. point. That matters to people. <laughs> I, in in my opinion, if just through watching them, like you know, they both have missed games, and they didn't lose five straight games when DeRozan was out. But they getting packed the fuck up with. Uh, with Zach out, I, I think I hate this because I hate this terminology, but the gravity of his shooting, I think, is being felt. And I know Alonzo was out too, but anyway, the Bulls going to fall to fifth. My boy Zach is out. Alonzo was out. They've been getting packed the fuck up, basically. Well, they did beat they did beat your boys. Uh my boy, the Cavs. Yeah, that yeah, was a bad Cavs. Yeah, they beat. They beat that's them. why I had the Cavs at six. Um, yeah. I have them just just outside. Yeah, they beat them a couple of days ago, but I, I still, I, I just see them falling. And then in the four seed, um, I might actually go with. I'm gonna go with Brooklyn. They just too hurt. Same thing. It's just too many injuries. That shit gonna catch up with them. It's kind of weird to me. Kyrie can be a part down player and still be dominant when he does play. Like just from uh, that, that tells you that man actually loves basketball. It's does that mean he was honing his craft at the crib, and he just can play part time. And okay, he in thirty efficiently. Um, salute to Kyrie for that, but that's about it. Um, in the three seed, I'm gonna go ahead and go with. Uh, I'll go with hold on, what I got here. Why am I blanking? Philly? Is it Philly? What'd you say? I said, are you thinking of Philly? There we go. Sheesh, Philly. <laughs> I got Philly moving up to the three. I don't know why I couldn't figure that out. I got Philly moving up to the three seed because I think, bro, I think they're going to turn Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris into better players. Well, hey, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is literally not giving you anything. It's like just dropping a good player on the team. That's different than replacing a player and yeah. getting used to him when you're literally just dropping production for free. And it's going to be a good player, whoever it is. And they're already pretty good. So I think that's going to make them a lot better. And then uh, who we got here? Um, then I think the the Bucks stay at two is, is Giannis, bro. It's the only reason why I'm not giving them one is just Miami just has a – they just – you, I think, was it me and you talking in the summer about who the best coach in the NBA was? And I think it was between Nick Nurse and Spolstra. And Spolstra, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I, I think Spolstra's that guy. They just play well, and I fucking hate keep culture, blah, blah, blah. But it's not just heat culture. It's they sets, the way they play. Like, mm-hmm. they're good, man. They're a good team. And I think they're gonna finish with number one seed. I think they're gonna be absolutely hell. I would want, oh, no, I would want no parts of them. They're gonna be so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I think if Brooklyn isn't careful, even with all three of them, if, they, if they're not careful, they might get eliminated by Miami. I think it's that serious. They're, they're going to be so annoying. I do not envy those teams. That's why I don't want my Cavs to get them. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 dude, they just, they're, they're I mean, they're, it's funny we talking about Nick Nurse and Spolster, but 
they're the fever dream. They both want to build the same type of teams, basically. And Miami is just the realized version of what Masai usually tries to do. So it's going to be ugly. It's going to be, it's going to be bad. Uh, who do I, th- I guess, like, I think Phoenix is getting out the West and I think it's a rematch. I think we get a finals rematch. I, really I think do. so too. I've been saying that. I, 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 I like the Bucks coming out the East. Um, Suns Warriors, that's a, I think that's going to be the Western Conference Finals. And, you know, that's a, it depends. I, I think Phoenix has a little more ammo to get better at the trade deadline yeah. um, than Golden State. So it depends for that matchup to me. Well, Golden State got plenty of ammo. They just not going to fire it. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, they're, yeah. Not, they're not trading with the young guys. So yeah. they're not doing that. So that's, um, they, they... They, they, man, I, Golden State could probably have, could lightweight almost have any player they want to. Um, that, that, man, that's interesting. If, if Draymond's still out and they just sit on this team, that's going to be wild. That's going to be wild. But I don't think they're going to trade none of the young dudes. And what's going on with uh, Wiseman? Like, well, I don't know. They said last I saw, um, he had a setback in his rehab for his foot. That was the last thing I saw, and that was a while ago. So I have no clue what's going on with him and when he's gonna come back. But they said it wasn't supposed to be too long after Clay. Mm. Clay's been back for about what, two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But. Did you have anything else you wanted to get off your, your chest? Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap it up? Uh, no, that's about it. Okay. Um, so I do have a question. Like when the Guardian reporter, like did they did they pay you anything for the Mark Cuban Dress White Guys article or did they I, I can't I can't I can't you, oh, you signed you signed an NDA. Okay, okay. Hey, my hey, my fault, fam. I'm not <laughs> going to. Uh, I won't bring it up again. But anyway, y'all, thank y'all for listening. This is another episode of 21 Going On 77. Um, thank y'all for listening. I am Dwight, that old man, however, whatever you want to call me. Uh, at five one seven two two one four. Joined again with my illustrious co-host. Young SJ brains of the operation at SJ Basketball 8. And we thank y'all for listening to us again. We will holler at y'all next week. Peace.